You're listening to Hey guys, welcome back to First of All, a real and filtered conversation on career, relationships, love, family, all things modern culture. I'm your host, Minji Chang. Welcome back for episode 46. So excited to be here. I have some fun updates, but... We'll get to that later. I'm excited to be here with my guest because it's a returning guest here with me in my actual house. So welcome to my virtual house because that's what we're all doing here. We're all sitting down around like the fake fireplace and we're going to talk with my friend Ryan Fang. Hi, Ryan. Hi, Minji. Welcome back. Thanks. Episode 46. 46. It's a special one. Yeah. You're like episode two. Yeah, I was pretty... I was pretty early. You're very early. If you yeah. got, if you guys have been listening from the beginning, Ryan and I did our When Harry Met Sally episode. Yes, that's right. About that's whether right. men and women can be friends. And that was a really great discussion. We should we should really have a follow-up one when we flesh that out. Yeah. But today is just a hangout. Ryan and I were catching up and we're like, we should have a podcast because all of our conversations are... Like, I just want to record it for me to have them. Um, but we, we thought we'd put this together. So the theme this week or the topic in general is respect your elders. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we're going to we're gonna, we're gonna go with this because it's like a very general theme. Mm-hmm. But the reason why this came up is because Ryan and I have been reflecting on Crazy Rich Asians coming out, which Ryan watched for the first time That's right. last week at the premiere. And you should too. Yeah. And all y'all should too. Listen to my last episode before mm-hmm. I gush about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we're going to, and it got us thinking kind of a lot about where we're at now and where we came from. Right. And both of us are artists. We're both creatives. And so there's just like overarching theme of kind of respecting the past and respecting our elders. Mm-hmm. So that's how we're going to theme this episode. But before we do that, Ryan, do you want to introduce yourself? Like give our audience a reminder. And we have new listeners now. I've grown. If you know. <laughs> I can tell from our settings. Okay. Yay. <laughs> um, my name is Ryan Fang. People know me more as just my last name, Fang. We know Miss Fang. Yeah, I came up through the entertainment industry as a dancer choreographer. And in the last couple of years, I've gone into creative direction, photography, and director roles. So, you know, it's a lot. What's your notable? <laughs> we should like let let everyone look you up, right? My <laughs> notable? Um, it's so weird to have to introduce yourself. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> I can introduce you. you introduce me. Okay, I'll yes. hype him up. Okay, so Fang is an incredibly talented dancer. And I was a fan of Fang's before I ever met him, which was cool. I actually saw you at um, something 15-something Folsom. It was in San Francisco. You performed at a nightclub. That's I like, remember. Oh, the infamous one. Yeah. That it was, was a light-up yeah. floor. Do you remember that? I do remember. Yeah. I, that was a very clear night. Sorry to sidetrack. Why? But that was a very clear night because it's the only time people has have ever thrown anything at us what and they threw glass and ice onto the floor they did do that why did they do that it's the bay 
What? The, the, I'm the ashamed. I'm wrong. sorry. That's wrong. That's sick and wrong. And yeah. I, I'm ashamed. And, and I think the promoters didn't know what they were doing because where we performed doesn't wasn't really a good idea. Like it was a lot. Was I, I think we were getting into people's way. That's yeah. why. Like it was a whole, yeah. it was a whole thing. But I remember that night very. I have clearly. photos. I'll show you. I have pictures on my Facebook from that how's, night. How has this not come up before? I don't know. It's just all <laughs> coming up right now because of yeah. what we're talking about. Okay. But Fang was in the group Quest Crew, and I was a huge fan because I watched America's Best Dance Crew, and anybody who is into art and dancing choreo, like everyone's watched that show. Shout out to Randy Jackson, who I just met recently. Oh, cool. Um, and yeah, and he, I talked about how I knew you, and he's like, <laughs> I love Quest because they're so great. Um, but yeah, so I was a fan of watching you on TV, mm-hmm. and then I became friends with you like many years down the line through collaboration. Mm-hmm. And Fang's just like, he's a dope dancer, and it's not just dance, it's kind of like everybody in Quest has their unique personality, right. has their unique style. Like Steve was the trickster guy, mm-hmm. and like, and then you're like, I don't know, you're just like the fluid. Like, how do you describe your dance style? I don't really have like a concise way to explain it, even yeah. after all this time. Yeah. But uh, just to give a little background, I came from a choreography team background, whereas yeah. most of the, I would say, ninety five percent of quests came from a freestyle crew battle street style. So my contribution was. From I'm um, being a different world. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. What college? What was it? UCI University. Of course of it was UCI. Of, of course, course it was. was. See, this is part of the story that we're telling yes. today. Respect your elders. So, um, and I knew about that because I was a fan of dance. Mm-hmm. So, like, I knew those intricacies and those, like, you know, factoids. And uh, yeah, so Fang has like you're also signature because of your beard. That is like true. your your brand yeah. of your look. Cause like Hawk had his hair mm-hmm. and like yeah, it's all that stuff. And Dietrich had his hair mm-hmm. and like, you know. And so um yeah, they won ABDC twice and they're just incredible guys. Like I've been able to meet everybody, but I feel like I've gotten to know you and Steve the most. Right. And it's just been great. Like and, and they're all like true artists and that's the really cool part of seeing People beyond just like what you're known for, which is like choreo right. and dance. Right, right. Uh, Fang's a really talented photographer, and just like getting to know him and like being on set with him for Sweater Beats music mm-hmm. video and stuff like that. I was like, a, I looked like a baked potato. I was in this like foil sweatshirt. It's my first time seeing Minji be the talent. Yeah, she's always hosting or like Producing. running behind. Yeah, behind us. This. this is my first time seeing her as. It's probably way less stress. It was not not stressful. I was on set for a music video and like the Kinjas and you and like Ellen Kim were all there and I was like, what the hell am I doing? Yeah, there? but it's not as if you had to like manage us. Like yeah, everyone yeah, had yeah. their part. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I was just like waiting to be called, but I definitely had a lot of stress because like I'm gonna make a fool of myself. <laughs> Let's just go with it. Yeah. I'll be the comedic relief. That's the way I get through life. Yes, right. What am I doing here? Oh well. I'm, I'm here. Let's just go. Let's just go. And speaking of like, what am I doing here? I mean, this has been a really cool moment for Asian Americans with Crazy Rich Asians. And it's just kind of making everybody sit back and reflect. Mm-hmm. And actually, before we go into the topic, actually to set up the topic, do you want to share with me again, like share what your reaction to Crazy Rich Asians was? Because you watched it for the first time last week. Right. And that was my sixth time. Fifth time. Fifth time. <laughs> yeah, you were you had privileged viewings. Yeah, I did. Um, I got to experience the release of the movie with a, I want to say kind of general audience because it wasn't people that were privy to sc- screenings. I would say, but it was also a theater full of people who supported Asian American arts because it was kind of a special mm-hmm. viewing. Mm-hmm. So it was a general audience. So a lot of us saw it for the first time, and my reaction to watching the movie off bat was 
I felt I felt sort of a really intense emotion for that I couldn't explain. Um, I had it took me a couple days to realize why. I mean, it was it's an amazing romantic comedy. It's a great film, but romantic comedies don't kind of do that for you. <laughs> for you, for me, at least it doesn't do that for me. It's not perfect. It does and for it, me. I cry. <laughs> yeah, and it took a while for me to digest it, but it sort of gave me the feelings of like, oh. This is what it feels like to be in high school, and to to kind of like have hope of the future, because I watched a ton of movies, and to put it bluntly, it must be what white people feel when they see <laughs> aspirational movies, or how um, the African American community felt when they watched Black Panther, and how women felt when Wonder Woman came out. It's sort of like those things were those movies were great and. I love them, but it didn't hit me the way that it must have affected them. And Crazy Rich Asians was that for me. It's special. Yeah, it's yeah. It, it does something. I mean, time will tell. Yeah, but it, it is something. We all sure. feel it. And yeah, I feel like there's this like energy of like, oh, this is the beginning of like mm-hmm. a really crazy, awesome new chapter. Yeah, and I think that's like really signature to like. Again, for me, what I consider like you and the Quest guys and mm-hmm. that era of artists for me is a very specific trailblazer group because the, to you, you guys, and, and I want to hear what you think about that mm-hmm. because to me, when I saw ABDC, because this was right when like YouTube was blowing up mm-hmm. and like ABDC, it was all kind of like the surge of the millennial. We didn't have that millennial title at mm-hmm. the time, but it was when the millennials were like in, in terms of Asian America, like super in your face. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. And mm-hmm. I was like, yes, these are my like, ooh, I felt seen right. in that way. Even though not everybody watches YouTube and not everybody mm-hmm. watches ABDC. For mm-hmm. me, I felt amongst my peers, oh, there are people out there representing me that I'm like, hell yeah, like mm-hmm. that's me. So how, like from then to now, it's this respect your elders thing. How does that feel for you? Because like you were part of that generation where you were making content and mm-hmm. you are making art. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not with the intention of being a trailblazer, not the intention of being like, I'm going to represent all Asians, mm-hmm. but that's what you were doing. Right. Did you ever feel that pressure at that time? No, okay. because our goals during that time wasn't about representing Asian American. And I kind of gave this um, some thought over the years. And I have spoken about it, but my whole thing is when you when you want to represent the Asian community well, uh-huh. the goal that isn't going to be your goal. Yes, your goal is going to be to be the best at what you're doing. Yes, and that effect will be representing the Asian community well. Right, like you can have it as a thought, but that's not going to going to contribute to your art. Right, the art's got to be the art has to be good enough to contribute as a, as a consequence right. and not as a. Um, yeah. As the goal. Yeah, as the goal, yeah. Yeah. No, I 100% agree. And that's been, like, the issue. And I, it's funny because I, through collaboration and just, like, being an actor in mm-hmm. general, especially in the acting world, I feel like there's a separation with, like, the identity stuff with sure. Asian America and then just acting mm-hmm. and filmmaking and art. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, actors have their their idols, right? right. Like, with Meryl Streep mm-hmm. or, you know, Al Pacino, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, you have your reverence. And I feel like... That is very strong in me, not just because I'm an artist and I like look to my elders like, mm-hmm. oh my God, I want to be you. Mm-hmm. But it's also very, like to me, very part of my Asian culture of like know where you came from. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when I talk to different people 
especially this is like the stereotype of millennials or like the younger generation is that mm-hmm. everyone's really entitled and very like kind of just like oh well they kind of like point out all the problems like well this is wrong and that's like mm-hmm. homophobic and that's like and that's fine like you can call that out but it's also kind of there's sometimes feels like there's a little bit of a lack of appreciation or recognition mm-hmm. for like be that as it may like all this shit is all there you mm-hmm. know but there's a lot of people who've come before you right to make it so that you could even have this complaint does that right. make sense yeah yeah, yeah. no I do you feel that, that? um Yes and no. Okay. Yes, I feel it 100%. Yeah. But no, I don't think it's a new problem. Yeah, it's always like... It's I, always feel, I just feel like like when we were kids, we were probably the same way, oh, to totally. be honest. We just didn't have the microphone <laughs> and the access that kids now have. Because it's I'm, amplified. It's just super amplified because we thought what we did, but we only said it to like the five friends around us at the time. We didn't have like the following of... An audience that kids have now. Too. Everyone has an audience. Yeah, yeah. That's true. I mean, and an audience doesn't have to be millions of followers. Like a hundred people following you, that's a hundred more people than who I talked to. Yeah, when yeah. I was in school. I'm like on AOL talking to like five people. Yeah, my buddy list wasn't that. You know, <laughs> my buddy list was. Well, I had deep. an extensive buddy list. If anyone knows, we're talking about AIM. Okay, we're talking about AOL Instant Messenger or iChat or iChat. Yeah, but like I didn't talk to that many people at once, even if there were a lot of like buddies. Yeah, you have a big I mean, audience. you do your rotations. Yes, yes. Day, but <laughs> I definitely wasn't that popular in school. <laughs> AOL profile. Yeah, hit me up, <laughs> message me. That's where BRB came from. Like, yeah, that old. Like some of the LOL. Of these, yeah, all this stuff came from like the nineties. You're welcome, everybody, children. <laughs> you know, okay, um, but but like you're right, and I think that it's a very attitude situation mm-hmm. of like. When you're younger, you feel like you know everything. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think that it's good. Like, the title of this is a reminder. It's mm-hmm. not like I'm not yelling at anybody, mm-hmm. but it's a reminder for myself. Mm-hmm. It's a reminder for all of us to remember that, like, for example, the Crazy Rich Asians thing. Like, it is here and in this moment because of a lot of steps that came before. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's not like, like an overnight thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? You're right. Um, and I'm very curious as, like... I love sharing who my idols are because I feel like it's good to just respect your elders and like honor them because they gave me so much inspiration. Mm-hmm. Who are your, do you have like dance or photography or artists? Oh man. Elders that you look up to? Um, yeah. And for why? different reasons. Okay. Uh, in photography, I'll, I would credit, um, Annie Leibovitz. Okay. As starting me out. She, she was the one because when I was in high school, I was super into the Olympics. Uh huh. Right. And she did a book, a black and white portrait series of the Olympic athletes from the 96 Olympics. Wow. And I, that was my first photography book. That's my only photography book for years. How old were you at the time? 16. I would never have known this about you. I'm so glad yeah. I asked this question. And okay. I mean, I held on to it for a long time. It never made me want to get into photography. Yeah. But it sort of first opened my eyes to to it. It planted it. And her, and her portrait chart, like style is so iconic. Yeah. That like, and I didn't even know it at the time. I didn't know who that was. Yeah. But then I would credit that as my first like reference. You were just drawn. To I was drawn it. to it, like yeah. for some reason. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that was probably my first dance. So how? Um, when I first started dancing, it was almost like a team competitive sport. Uh huh. And so I looked up to the people in my world, but the people that you would know probably. Let me think. Jabawakis. Uh huh. I was one of them. Yeah. They're maybe a generation older than me yeah but I looked up to them because when I first started dancing Raynan was on Culture Shock San Diego and I was on Irvine 
and he was sort of like the stud of like the community like everyone knew him because yeah. he was also doing head spins okay at a time when not a lot of people <laughs> no many people doing head spins was doing head spins in the dance community so like i would credit those guys as people that you might know and then um yeah they're all people that's kind of within arm's distance yeah when it was dance. that's why i think i never really quit uh-huh. because everything was just right in my reach like it's not I'm not there but it's close enough for me to like touch it that's so important though yeah I didn't, that, I didn't reach out so far where it's like the, it feels impossible yeah the mountain wasn't so high yeah so I was I was always incrementally seeing it as I went oh I will shout out to um, Harry Shum because when I was dancing Harry Shum Jr he was he wasn't Harry Shum then yeah he was Jive was he and he was on the BET <laughs> network and he was the one not only the only Asian guy but the only guy Amongst all these girls, like great dancing girls yeah. for BET, I forgot what show it was. But he he was doing he was doing the wife feeder with the do rag. Like it was, I was like Jive, mm-hmm. J I V E. Look him up. We gonna YouTube that. Yeah, that's how I'm, I'm known about Harry Shum since like the early 2000s because of that. So he it was it was sort of my like oh man, like that's okay, so interesting. Yeah, him. He was uh yeah. Damn. Okay. It's so funny. Oh wow! See, I love I love knowing yeah. about like I would never have known like Annie Leibovitz, but like it actually makes a lot of sense now knowing your photography. Yeah, there's an essence of her, like because you love portraits and you're oh, like that's really nice of you to say. Yeah, because yeah. I I think that there is a very distinct look and style, and like that comes from somewhere, and like sure. it does matter. Yeah. I love knowing who influenced you know who's. Mm-hmm art because it says a lot about your personality so say that like if you're a comedian like well who's your who's your type of comedy mm-hmm. are you like mike myers are you jim carrey oh, are you, like okay. what yeah, are you yeah. you know and like that's why uh, for me like the whole representation thing matters so much because having like female comics or fem- like actresses that i really look up to it matters a lot because it gives me something to mm-hmm. aspire to mm-hmm. and the reality with like even female actresses like i've looked at a lot of monologues and mm-hmm. stuff it has been really shitty because there's such a shortage of good monologues mm-hmm. because most monologues are male yeah monologues or like monologues for... that i could play right. like as a I young see. woman is it in the history of theater in the in the whole like yeah. anthology of like all theater, of shakespeare's is all male it's a lot of male right. and if it's female a lot of the great parts are for older women mm. and because mm-hmm. there's like a lot it, you know it says a lot Right. It's just data, right? Like, yeah. look at how many things. And so I actually started just learning male monologues because there's, like, so many great ones. I was right. like, well, I could play that. Yeah. They're just being a CEO. I can be a CEO now. Right. Like, fine. But that's why I think, like, having those people that you aspire to be like. Like, I love Meryl. Everyone mm-hmm. loves Meryl. Mm-hmm. But I could talk about her for a full six hours <laughs> about why she's a phenomenal actress. Mm-hmm. When she talks about it, I found that she's not a very good teacher. She's one of those actresses I can do, but uh, she can't like teach you how to do it because she's so. It came from talent. It's just her. Yeah, yeah. Something it's, she absorbed in her life that's a- able to give her this kind of output. She's just the essence. Yeah, yeah. So everyone wants to be her, but I, it's like it's hard because she can't teach that. It's, right, that's cool. Um, or maybe she's still holding on to it because she's still working. Yeah, you know, you're she's, gonna have to wait till she decides to stop being winning Oscars and being be nominated Meryl. Every, yeah. Well, she did Mamma Mia, and that wasn't that. You know, everybody has their thing. <laughs> Yeah, but um, no. But it's funny because like I actually really looked up to Dustin Hoffman, and I was oh, like, yeah, "He's great. He's oh my god, he's so good, so good." Mm-hmm. And the first first uh, exposure I had to Dustin Hoffman was Hook. 
He doesn't like. I didn't even yeah. know Dustin Hoffman. I, like, I mean, I, I didn't even Hoffman. know it was him until way later. He's in my just life. so good. Yeah. And Robin Williams was another inspiration. Mm. Like, and these like aspirational people. These are like my elders, and I like bow down to them. Mm-hmm. And um, it, I wish you know. Sometimes it does make me sad when I've met a YouTuber on set for like a BuzzFeed thing that I did, mm-hmm. and he wanted to be a great actor, mm-hmm. but he had like never watched to me anything that were like the classics. Okay, what's like a classic to you? What did we like, talk about? about you thinking, like, well, he was just so classic? knowledgeable about YouTube, and he didn't know anything about like film. But I like, see. So his acting is like when YouTubers do sketches and sketches like that and stuff. And he was good. Like yeah. you know, he wasn't bad. It didn't mean that he was. A, I mean, that, that, maybe that's his aim. You know? Yeah, but I don't think so. But I was kind of like, oh, have you watched like? We talked about like great actors. I was like, oh, have you watched like Heat? Like I, I remember oh, that's man. a great movie. Yeah, Al Pacino. Yeah, I was like, have you watched? He's like, what? Is that? I was like, no. And then yeah. I was thinking about comedy because we were doing like a sketch thing yeah. for BuzzFeed. I was like, well, have you watched like Mrs. Doubtfire? And he's mm-hmm. like, I think so. And I was like, you think so? No. Like, yeah. But maybe maybe it's a case of keeping the mountains within distance. Yeah. Because it's like he, he'll get to a place where he's like finally needing to reach out for more inspiration and guidance. Yeah. But I start, like, I mean, I give YouTube a lot of credit for my like video work absolutely no i love you too i'm not hating it It was just so interesting because you just assume like oh you want to be a great actor you're in your mid-20s like you should uh, in my mind i'm like you should know these things or you should know these actors you should know their body of work you should already have been on that path why don't you (laughs) yeah was he new like he he decided to he wanted to be an actor like a year ago i think so okay so he's probably on the path yeah but i'm just also shocked i'm like these are the most famous movies like how do you not have no one watch mrs downfire everyone's watched that at least watch the ones that are on netflix right because i'm sure you have that on rotation (laughs) yeah anyway but like and then now i feel like now we're in our 30s and -hmm. like you've had you've built a career you've Mm -hmm. done the dancing thing and all that Mm -hmm. stuff and i think it's just interesting watching you evolve and like figuring out where your next step is Mm -hmm. and like where you want to go what what are what's like now how do you feel about like do you feel like you're becoming an elder do you talk to because you do world of dance right like you judge and you perform do you find yourself like mentoring kids like um, Do they seek that? I when I was fresh off the show for maybe a year or two, it was a kind of thing where you know people from high schools come ask you to speak. People reach out for advice, um, mostly about dancing, which I was knowledgeable enough to I think help guide. I'm not really looking for mentoring mm-hmm. roles. If people ask me questions, I'll give them knowledge to the best of my ability. But I still feel like there's a lot to go. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the older you get, mm-hmm. the more realized that you don't know a lot of <laughs> stuff. I don't know if you can cuss here. Yeah, you can cuss. Yeah, I don't know. You, you know that you just don't know a lot of shit. <laughs> because if you're like in your early 20s right now and I'm talking to you, <laughs> here's the thing. You're mostly working on theory. Mm. You just don't have enough experience. Wise words. Wise words. You just don't have enough experience. I mean, okay, there. That's not a you know blanket statement. There, I'm sure there are people who have maybe um, a harder life or been through things. But generally speaking, yeah, you're working mostly on theory. Yes. So until you have gone through certain things you, to test those theories out, mm-hmm. you don't know. Mm-hmm. And also, speaking about talking to elders. Um, I you learn later that 
everyone in their life is standing on the shoulders of those that came before. Yeah. This is how history works. Yeah. Like, there's just no way around it. So, the sooner you learn that, the quicker you can get to wherever you want to go. I completely 100% agree. I... Were you, like, do you feel like you had, like, an ego? Like, I felt like in certain ways I'm recognizing when I look back Mm -hmm. on my 20s and, like, my teens and stuff that there was a certain level of confidence, like, Mm -hmm. figuring out, having a sense of self. Mm -hmm. But then I think, like, I was so, honestly, really, like, incredibly insecure Mm -hmm. for a lot of different reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was just, like, seeking validation. But Mm -hmm. then that, in for me, not it doesn't happen for everybody. Like, everyone has insecurities. And some people can kind of, like, shrivel up into Mm -hmm. themselves and become really just doubting and shy and Mm -hmm. introverted. But for me, because I'm an extroverted, extroverted loudmouth who needs the validation, (laughs) I feel like it made me have, like, a really big ego. So, like, with that, it made me really kind of impossible to coach. Like, I wonder if I had had an acting coach. Mm -hmm. If, like, I got critiqued or anything, I would get mentored. I don't mm-hmm. know if I would have listened, you know, realistically. I feel like I was very hard-headed. You're not coachable? I wonder. I mean, I didn't. I don't mm-hmm. know. This is theory. Right. But, like, I think I would have I think I would have internalized a lot. I think if somebody was, like, giving me, oh, you're not doing this right. You could do X, Y, Z better. Mm-hmm. Unless they really knew how to talk to me, which is good coaches know how to talk to you. Right. But I think, in general, I was really bad at taking notes. Yeah, notes. I I equate it to like criticizing. You're criticizing me. Sure. You're putting me down. You're saying I'm not good enough. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not taking it as constructive feedback. Okay. Were you better at that? Because I wasn't. Mm, I I like to think that I was. Okay. But I probably was not. Okay. Um, And I'm I'm still working with that, I think. So what happens usually is that I had a thought. (laughs) <laughs> what happens usually is that I'll get a note or something like that and I'll rationally be okay with it. Like I get it. Okay, cool. And I might think you're right or you're wrong, but I can rationally internalize it. Uh-huh. But much of my success in my life has been built on I have a skewed sense of how good I actually am at anything. Yeah. Like I'm not as good as I think I am. I been into many situations where I made a fool of myself. And okay. this is how I get ahead in life. I just have, <laughs> you like, have to be able to, you have to be willing to do that sometimes. Sure. But I, I, in the moment, I feel like, um, you're like, I'm qualified. The shit. I'm the shit. Yeah. I can do it. Yeah. In hindsight, I realized that I couldn't. And, yeah. but now I am here. So that's my journey. Well, it's like the whole fake it till you make it thing, right? Kind of, except I didn't think I was faking it. <laughs> and that's, I think that's the real problem. <laughs> So, yeah. You're so like, I, I, think, I am making it. Shoot. Yeah. So, in in thinking that way, I probably, there was a lot of criticism and advice that I probably should have just, that should have resonated more mm-hmm. had I been in the more of a correct mind frame. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I might not have progressed if I just, I, <laughs> I constantly mm-hmm. jump into the deep end. That's great. Constantly. I look up to that. I it's I mean it's I mean you're 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 in store for a lot of heartbreak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing it that way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's kind of how it works for me. Yeah. I've just I just realized that like I'm the kind of person that like I, if I'm going to do it, I'm just going to do it because 
it's going to happen and I'm going to be terrible, but whatever. That's great though. I feel like a lot of people's issues with like taking feedback or like listening to advice is fear of failure, right? Sure. Like when you hear something is limited or you're not good enough, like you interpret it that way, mm-hmm. then it's just like, well, I don't want to mess up and I don't want to look like a fool. So mm-hmm. I'm not even going to try. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think getting feedback or like getting advice can be so difficult because you in your mind, especially when you're younger, feel like there's so much at stake. Yeah. Like looking like a fool to me when I was like a teenager was like the end of my life. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I cannot show my face ever again. I mean this this field isn't really good great for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, yeah. if that's if that's entertainment's not the field for you. But this is applicable, I think very universal to anything that you try. True. Whether it's something that you're gonna put on camera in front of millions of people. Mm-hmm. Or even post on your Instagram. Just Instagram, yeah. And I feel like yeah. that, honestly, th- I think that's why I thought this topic is really important. Just to get a sense of, like, self and respect to others. Okay. Because I look at the younger generation right now, and there's a lot that, like, really concerns me. I really want to watch Bo Burnham's movie, Eighth Grade. I really want to see that movie, I heard too. it's fantastic. I would I would think so. Knowing him, his his uh, interview on NPR talking about what he learned in the process of making this and mm-hmm. stepping into the life of an eighth grade girl, mm-hmm. he's like just main thing like I'm so grateful I'm not really? an eighth grade girl growing up right now. I need to watch that interview. Maybe because, I see the movie first. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I yeah. listened to that first, but I still really want to see the movie. But it's just kind of like that feeling of there is always an audience. Yes. So like, now it's, yeah, I think we. I mean. In the time, mm-hmm. I'm sure we've felt the same kind of sort of social anxieties, and now it's just probably way magnified. Yeah. And it, the bad thing now is that, I mean, it's been talked about, but it lives forever now. now yeah. your, your, your mistakes get documented. You're, they're screen recording now, honey. Like, yeah. it's always been. Like, it's archived. Can, it's archived. It's flown on the interwebs right now. Yeah. And that's an interesting thing. So I, I feel like why I wanted to talk about this with you is just like we're at that funny age where we're like have enough self-awareness. And like mm-hmm. I think honestly, hopefully when you mature, for me, the way I, I, I describe the way my personalities change is like I feel like my self-confidence and like self-esteem has gone up. Like I have mm-hmm. more accepting of good or bad. Like mm-hmm. I'm like, this is the way I am. It's fine. Mm-hmm. And then my ego went down. I feel like when I was younger, my ego was like through the roof. Like everything needed to be perfect. I need to look great. I can't like ever look, you know, failure. Mm -hmm. Like I can't be flawed in any way. Like I have to win. I have to be great. Like your ego. That's your ego. Ego. Okay. But self esteem is more just like, no, this is who I am. It's cool. That's interesting because I always thought self esteem and ego were the same thing. I feel like ego, to me, ego has a more like negative connotation because ego can also be your destruction. Sure. I mean, yes, ego could be used in a negative way, I suppose, but the definition, the definition of ego and self-esteem, is it not? Maybe. Okay, we're going to have to fact check that. We have to fact check that. But the way I interpret it is that like you can have a good high self-esteem and that doesn't indicate that you're like an asshole. Sure. You just have a high self-esteem. That means you like you regard yourself mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. If you have a big ego, mm-hmm. you're probably a dick. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You I might see. be like a narcissist or like, sure. I don't know. Okay. That's how yeah. I differentiate. You're using, uh, it's colloquial. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. get it. So like, I feel like the older I get, my self-esteem is gone. And that's good. I'm very glad because I feel like now I'm more accepting of like things that I'm not good at, mm-hmm. things that I fall short, mm-hmm. like, or I've failed. 
I can deal with it better. Right. And so now I feel like I have more humility to mm-hmm. like, even to my dad, right? Uh-huh. We've talked literally about respecting elders. Right. I can listen to him better. Oh. I can hear his advice better. And I don't block that out. Interesting. Because before I really was, honestly, I want to, pol- well, my dad's also a difficult guy, but <laughs> okay. like, I don't know how your relationship with your parents were, mm-hmm. but I was always just like, you don't know what you're talking about. Right. Like you're not, you don't know how it works right now. Yeah. You don't understand the internet. Right. You're like, you know, I'd have that attitude, that chip on my shoulder. So now in retrospect, I'm like, he gave me a lot of good advice. Right. That I just wasn't willing to hear. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I can see that. I can I, it's such an age old thing. Like your parents know what they're talking about. They do. They lived the life you lived before right before you did right before you did yeah once upon a time they were you <laughs> yeah and like all the thoughts you're thinking they've thought it too and you came from their genetics so it's pretty likely <laughs> like it's like this when you get older you'll find out that all romantic comedies are the same movie yeah it's the same like they did the, they did the same thing it's just different clothing different exactly different yeah. fashion different dressings but it's pretty much the same, the same. yeah yeah which is why I think it's fun, and like, and I'm saying this because I I don't know the exact age of all my listeners. I think um, being in your 30s is a really special time because now we're transitioning into becoming somewhat of an elder. You see, like a lot of younger mm-hmm. people, where you want to give them guidance. You want to like, hey, I've been through that. Like, mm-hmm. you can chill. It's fine. And they might not listen, or they might listen. They'd be like, mm-hmm. you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know how hard it is now. Yeah. But like, I'm like, I used to be like that. Yeah. And you know. It's gonna happen again. Are you are you good with your parents? Are you listening to them better, you, um, or did you not? Listen I to didn't listen to them much growing up, but at the same time, I also wasn't getting into a lot of situations. When, you know, I was a pretty good kid. Okay, that's good. Pretty good kid while ignoring my parents. <laughs> but, it worked. It was like mm, yeah, yeah. But um, <laughs> later in life, I I listened to them more. But they've also learned to. Not learn. They didn't learn. They don't advise me that way anymore because I kind of do what I want. Yeah, like, and you're a grown man, so they're like, okay. Yeah, and I've always kind of made my own decisions. But um, how they've really shown how I started listening to them more, appreciating them more, was that like they didn't advise me, mm-hmm. but they would be there to catch me if I mess up. That's good. And that made me not want to mess up because I don't want to put it on them to have to catch me. And that's the way I learned. Wow. How to like appreciate, like listen to them, appreciate them because you knew they'd be there, and they'd keep I, I I know that they would be there if I that I had to need them to. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to do that. I don't want to put that on them. Yeah, because if I'm if I'm gonna make my own decisions, then I gotta be able to pay for it. Are you the oldest in your family? I'm the oldest. Yeah, yeah. It's a very oldest child mentality. Really? Okay. Well, for me, I had my older brother, and he got in a lot of trouble. So like, I had that same mentality because I saw how they were stressed out, right? Dealing with his all of everything right. which is going to be a movie <laughs> um for me though i would i would be they would my dad is very much a lecturer mm-hmm. he's a very like da, 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 mm-hmm. do this don't do that do this mm-hmm. don't do that and the consequences are harsh like if i do mess up mm-hmm. it's like an avoidance of like i don't want to deal with that right 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 but my mom was always supportive in her way she's mm-hmm. always supportive but yeah it was different than you yeah i'm a middle child Oh, really? I didn't yeah. know that. I thought you have a younger... Younger and older. Oh, uh, I mean, I knew you had an older brother. Yeah. 
So I have the essence of both. I I grew up for 10 years being like the bratty baby of the family. Uh And then after that, after the 10 year mark, my little brother came around and then I had to be like a good big sister and like set Uh, example. Isn't isn't there a whole field of psychology dedicated to like the middle child? Yeah. We special. No. We're special because we're not special. (laughs) Like, we're the forgotten one. There's a whole other thing for you guys. Well, I'm also the only daughter. So, like, that is special. But even actually, the elders thing actually re- applies even to to siblings. Like I did very mm. much respect. My brother had an automatic respect authority. for authority yeah. and respect from me. I think I had that with my sister. Yeah. How many years apart are you? Three. Mine too. Mm-hmm. So your sister's my age. Yes. How funny! Yeah, that's hilarious. Are you guys close? No. Oh. Yeah, we're not. But um, yeah, we're just not. It's different. Like, there's different kinds of... Yeah, it's really interesting how... I don't know. At least for, like, Koreans, yeah. it's intense of, like, this is how that goes. Like, right, you right, call... Right. They're the names. Like, right. oppa is yeah. for older brother. Yeah. I'm, Chinese, too. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, we have points of connection in our relationship, but uh-huh. I wouldn't say it's close. Yeah. I don't know that would... Maybe not right now, but maybe later. Yeah. It always changes. Honestly, it changes. as adults, everything always changes. It'll change. change. Yeah. But, yeah... What can I ask you then? What is like, what is a piece of advice? Because this is where we can like then transition to like sharing our pearls of wisdom <laughs> as elders to whoever may be listening. Do you have advice that you got that you didn't listen to that you list that you really appreciate now? Oh, from my elder? Yeah, anyone. Okay, hold on. That's going to take teacher. me a second. Okay, those are good. Um. Oh man. Okay. Yeah, do you have it? Oh, you go first because I don't know if I have one yet. The one thing that was just like an ongoing point of contention with my dad just because he wasn't really – he's like more like do as I say, not as I do. Mm-hmm. Okay. But the main thing that he – I really think about now is my dad lecturing me on building good habits. Mm-hmm. Because I was a very like willful person. I mm-hmm. am. And so I would do as I please. Mm-hmm. And that's fine to have a point of view and mm-hmm. have what you want to do. Mm-hmm. But life is not about doing just what you want to do. Right. It's about having an idea of like what you want to accomplish, but mm-hmm. like having discipline. Mm. So I really appreciate that. And that's something I very much fought my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, I had my own way of going about things. And I think I still achieved a lot and did a lot mm-hmm. despite not having that strict discipline. But that's something I'm very much like about mm-hmm. now especially as an artist yes like i have these like big as lofty dreams as a freelancer yeah. and like as a what you want to call it like a visionary mm-hmm. like there are films i want to make there's things i want to do there's people i want to work with and in order to get there like you need to be able to like get shit done mm-hmm. in an orderly fashion and that means you know going to sleep on time mm-hmm. you need to brush your teeth and floss like the little things add up to the big things and he always really <sighs> lectured true. me about that that's so true yeah and i did not listen yeah. and i ended up getting a buttload of cavities when i was in high school <laughs> like you know what i mean like i was yeah. so like rebellious in certain ways mm-hmm. and i just appreciate that advice um i know he went through a lot of stress because i didn't listen right like even like making your bed like cleaning up yeah. after yourself stuff like that mm-hmm. he's always just like the little things add up to build good habits so that you don't even have to think about it yeah you know that you make a mess yeah. clean it up that advice is in every like how the difference between the rich and the poor mm. seven habits like of the like, whatever those books that that thing successful people yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. in every one of those i feel i yeah. feel that i've seen yeah yeah that's, that's my really thing good one. yeah building good habits and they uh-uh. take time this one um 
<laughs> I think maybe in the last two years, I finally came into this realization that my dad slipped it in as a thing when I was in like the fourth grade okay. summer. So this is the thing. In the fourth grade summer, he's an aerospace engineer, very disciplined, also came from military. He's My dad did aeronautical engineering oh, at Davis. Oh, this is why we get along. High five. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so in the summer, like, how do you be productive? Make a plan. Uh-huh. So I made a plan. There's like a chart and the whole thing. And nice. Just, and then he said to me this. He looked at the plan. And in his brain, now as an adult, I can see, I overreached. Okay. Like this, I'm definitely gonna be, not going to be able to stick to whatever this I wrote. That, and he said, "Cause you're a dreamer, thing. <laughs> sure. I'm, I'm overly I'm ambitious. You're ambitious. Yeah, I think I'm gonna do it, and even though I really can't. Yeah, yeah. He said, and he only said it one time. It's really easy to plan. Uh-huh. It's really easy to ma- make an idea. Uh huh. But it's all about doing it. Mm. In some in some way, he worded it, but that was the sentiment. Yeah. And then now, like in my 30s, I finally realized that like everybody's got ideas." And yeah, they're probably all good, but it's the ones who can follow through that make it in the world. Yes, and I like I'm, because I used to be such a ideas person. I have this idea and this idea. I have tons of ideas. Ideas are kind of a dime a dozen. Yeah, and they say that in the entrepreneurial world too. That like, don't show me an idea. Show me how you're gonna do it. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because I hear ideas all the time. Yeah, and it was something that like I'm finally kind of putting into practice now. Yeah, like an idea isn't a thing until it's done. So you got to do the idea. I so, like that. And it took only like, I don't know. A few decades. A few decades for me. <laughs> and, and you know what's really funny? It's amazing how he really only said it that one time. Wow. But it flashed into my brain within the last couple of years. That That's like, awesome. That, that happened. I was like, fuck. <laughs> I had this advice that young and I just all never. This time. All this time. And then. I mean, that's just, you know, what happens, but yeah, it's crazy that, you know, as an adult, you remember these things. Absolutely. That's why it's important. I I think that's, you know, for me to what I learned in everything I'm doing now, same thing is like a lot of things I'm realizing now, they were planted much earlier at different moments. And now it's kind of, maybe I'm like ready to to make it a thing. That has a lot to do with it. Yeah. Being in the space where you're ready to receive I'm disciplined enough. <laughs> like, cause that took a long time for me again. Like, yeah, to do the idea, mm-hmm. it takes, you have to be able to like, have I proven to myself that I can do it? Mm-hmm. Like literally when I say I'm going to like eat healthy or whatever, mm-hmm. that stuff matters. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It gives you a sense of like, I can do what I say I'm going to do. And it honestly matters to other people. Like you're dating somebody mm-hmm. and they're like, Oh, I'm going to meet with you on Thursday. And they keep like blowing you off. Like the worst your work, like what you do and what you say and all those things really, really matter. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think both of our piece of advice, like making good habits mm-hmm. and it comes from the doing of mm-hmm. like, do what you say you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Don't let it just be an idea. Don't yeah. let it just be words that like yeah. mean nothing yeah good advice and that's how you know you know how i was saying everyone is working in theory mostly mm-hmm. this is how you know if your theory is right yeah like you can't just work on theory for your whole can't life can't work on theory yeah and then also like yeah and, and the counterpart is like deal with the failure like maybe it's mm-hmm. not gonna be as bad as you thought a lot of my failures were well some were pretty bad but but a lot of them were not as bad as i thought sure like what's what's, what's a good one Speaking of public speaking, like it's funny. I get really, paid you're for so that. good. But I when I do, when I started, it's because I was a writer. Like I actually got opportunity to read my essay for like author of the month. 
Wow. And I was about to like tell them I wasn't going to do it because that's how oh, scared I was. Oh, yeah. And this is reading off a paper. It's not like I need to memorize it. Right. It's reading my essay because I won that month. Mm-hmm. I wrote an essay about steak. It was like right steak about. Steak like beef? New York steak. <laughs> Specifically New the York steak. The essay, the topic was right about your favorite meal. Oh. And I wrote about it so amazingly because I love steak that I won. That's that's really funny. Yeah. And so I didn't want to get up in front of the entire school and read it. I was terrified. Mm-hmm. And then the and I was like, I almost puked. I was having a heart attack. I remember very viscerally how mm-hmm. nervous I was. Mm-hmm. And I'd done plays and stuff before, but it felt like a different thing, like going up and talking really? to an audience. Even though you were essentially you're on a stage in front of people yeah. using your voice. Yeah. I performed before. Yeah. I done musicals. Like it was weird. The fact that I was so scared. Is it because you're saying your own words? Probably because it's like me. you're being judged on two different fronts. Yeah, on my writing. Like this on is on the, the writing thing. and on your presentation skills. Yeah. So I was really close to like faking this. St- I was gonna fake being sick that day. Okay. I ended up going, and then I was gonna like just refuse. There's part of me that was like borderline. Like I'm gonna, I'll throw a fit, and I'll just be like, I'm not going up. Yeah. But then I ended up doing it, and I did like mess up um because i you're so nervous like i think yeah. i misread it and i was like in my head i was like damn it like yeah yeah, yeah. i have one job <laughs> yeah. but it and wasn't that bad. yeah and like nobody like no one started throwing anything at me like it was fine you yeah. know and then the funny thing is so i got through the essay and i survived and i felt really like oh mm-hmm. i did it i failed but it wasn't i mean whatever mm-hmm. i'm alive mm-hmm. and then i fell <laughs> i tripped over a chair <laughs> so then i actually failed and i actually ate it Oh, that was pretty bad. That's okay. People were still clapping from your speech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But I legit tripped on the edge of the folding chair and I fell. Oh, man. Yeah. (laughs) When was this? Sixth grade. Holy crap, sixth grade? Yeah. Okay, see, in sixth grade, I was afraid of doing a lot of things, I think. Yeah. I wasn't, oh, certain things, I guess. Like? Public speaking was pretty terrible, but that's... Part of that was because I couldn't speak English that well. Oh. I moved here when I was in the third grade, so it's only you're three third? years. I thought you were younger when you moved. I was eight, nine years old. Okay. So third grade. And then, well, second, third grade. That's actually an okay age, I heard, because my boyfriend was in Japan. Borderline. Yeah. It's like, you can't... It's the borderline. You, you can pick up the language, but it's still like... It takes some time. Yeah. And some people don't cross over. Yeah. It's It depends on who you're around. But, you're so, in Cerritos. <laughs> I moved to, but I grew up in Paramount, which was okay. worse because I was the, me and my sister was the only Asian people in the entire like school. Okay. So at that age, you don't understand racism really. Yeah. But not being able to speak English was pretty detrimental to my like public speaking. Your confidence, I'm sure. A uh, confidence, confidence expressing yourself yeah. in any way. Yeah. That's really that was really hard, and I think in the Asian culture, growing up, we didn't have very expressive. Oh, I didn't have very expressive. Parents. It's pretty general, yeah. It's pretty safe yeah. to say we don't have a lot of expressive. Right. So that on compiled with not being able to express yourself, even in the way that you want, mm-hmm. like not having those tools. It yeah. took me a long time. It's hilarious where I ended up coming from that. Yeah. But uh, so but now it's like your whole life is about, about expression. That. Yeah. But you do it in all other ways besides in language. Yeah. Visual. Yeah. And it was funny because, um, you know how in school when you have to read out loud? Yeah. I was terrified. <laughs> like, it got to a point where the teachers don't even call on me because what happens is, so, like, you're on a whatever page, right? Yeah. And then if you go in order, I'll, like, look ahead. Yeah. So it's, if you popcorn, then I'm pretty much screwed. But yeah. But even when I look ahead, 
I will try to get through it as fast as possible. And it's just with my accent and my speed, it's nonsensical. It's oh, almost as if my heart goes out to yeah. little thing. And then, so I think eventually they kind of just stop calling. They call me like once in every couple of weeks. Yeah. Just to like, oh, he needs a turn. Yeah. So you can like build up your confidence. I don't know if they were thinking that. Oh, okay. I think they think, oh, okay, we haven't called on him. We should call on him. Aww. But it, it, I mean, that was all through even like high school. But in high school, um, I start, I joined this really, um, <laughs> really nerdy thing called Model United Nations. That's awesome. Good for we you. We do speeches yeah. and stuff. So that was one of those things where I didn't know I wasn't good. Yeah. And I just bullshitted <laughs> through a lot of things. And I was just like super like. You know, from the feedback, I should have known I'm not that good. Yeah. But I didn't, you know, really receive it. I was just like, so. Words of wisdom. Also, no one to ignore it. And they're like, whatever. I like it. Fine. Deal with it. Yeah. Well, I just think, oh, it's one of, it was, it's really one of those, like, they just don't, like, I don't know why they're not liking it. I think it, you know what I mean? It's like one of those. <laughs> like, it's very, like, it's like ego, ego is, your ego is sheltering you yeah. from reality. Yeah. Like, situation. Sometimes that's a good self-protection, okay? That's, yeah. like, there to, like, cushion you so you don't, like, die in a ball of, like, yeah. self, like, rejection and self-hatred. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of, there was a lot of stuff like that in my school years. You have a lot to share. I think whenever you, be, if you, whenever you become, like, a dad or when you have, like, the little ones. Uh-huh. You're going to have a lot of funny stories to share. I think so. Yeah. We'll see. Because I put myself out there a lot. Good. Yeah. That's awesome. I feel like I'm just starting to put myself out there more. Mm. I put myself out there. I mean, you were out there for collaboration. Yeah. But that was like a specific hat where I like, I felt confident in that hat. And then now this is new frontier because this is, again, this is like the essay. This is me. This is right. not. This is not a me. Brand, yeah, the company that you're representing. Exactly. Uh-huh. It's easy when you like have a protection of like. Well, I'm saying this because that's what they're telling me to say. Right. You're okay. Now like, this is like my words. This is my art. Mm-hmm. This is my uh, vulnerability. My expression as an actor. Like. Right. It's very scary. Right. 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 But I'm I'm leaning on my on the predecessors before me, mm-hmm. and honestly, that gives me a lot of motivation and hope. Especially coming back full circle. Crazy Rich Asians, like, did, even though I've been watching for the last, like, 10 years, basically, all these different Asian artists, I have a lot of people that are in our peer group that mm-hmm. I look up to. Mm-hmm. And you're included. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, people go out there and just do their thing. Like, it is a thing. People do that. Yeah, people, people like me. That. People yeah. not like me. And I can. But it's it's another good milestone to see it on the big screen and to watch the whole world kind of celebrate it mm-hmm. with Crazy Rich Asians. Like, and in my medium of acting. Right. I was like, yeah, let's do it. You should. I think, I think, I mean... The time you had a collaboration, I'm sure, was very um, gratuitous. Not gratuitous. Was very good. Mm-hmm. Like you learned a lot. But I think, not that it held you back, mm-hmm. but you didn't have to stand on your own feet, so you didn't. Yeah. And now I think you're presented with the opportunity to like do stuff, and you have, you know, it's double edged sword. A lot of gifts to share. So. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. But um, no, this was so much fun, and we're you're gonna come back because we have to do when Harry met Sally round two. That's a good one. Yeah, we have to expand more on that because yeah. we only like honestly. We only we only scratched the surface. I think mm-hmm. we should go back and listen to that one because it was really funny. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of funny stuff we talked about. Yeah. Um, but Fang, if people want to follow your work, uh, seriously, like you showed me, I got the sneak peek, um, yeah. VIP glance <laughs> into your website. But that it looks dope. Thank you. Fang's a very talented artist, just like overall. It's not even just his core. Like go watch his dancing, but also go look at his photography and all that stuff. What's your selfie thing that you're saying? Okay. <laughs> 
way to introduce. That's a way to introduce. <laughs> Sorry, so, I'm just like putting on blast. So, um, there was a time I became very like bored with my own Instagram, uh-huh. and at first, in the beginning, it was about my dancing, and then I decided for about three years it needed to be about my photography because I was trying to switch lanes, uh-huh. and that's tough. But I got bored with that, so I decided to do this thing where I combine the two skills and I do a thing. I, um, I didn't coin this phrase. This uh-huh. came from someone else, but I used the name Advanced Selfies. Advanced Selfies. I'm so gonna, it's I'm basically it. self-portraits that I produce and shoot myself, but that aren't um, that are high production value. And they're, they have thought. So it's like I'm leveling up my own selfie game yeah. through this. And then so I'm putting it on my Instagram. And you, you can follow me. <laughs> you can follow me at JustFeng, J-U-S-T-F-E-N-G. And I just started soft launching my own website. That's going to house a lot of the projects I'm working on and how I want to represent myself to the world in a more holistic package than what Instagram has to offer. Yeah. And it's just fame. You're also a writer and like, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I fancy myself one, but I just. Yeah, if you're writing, you writer. Yeah. Shoot. <laughs> Shoot. Shoot. <laughs> I want author of the month and I wasn't calling myself a writer until I was like in my 30s. What, what is that about? Wow. Just own it. Yeah, it's weird. I didn't know that. Yeah. I'm, author I'm, of the month. Yeah, that was what the, the essay that I read. In sixth grade? Yeah. <laughs> you, so you've been a writer since sixth grade then? I, I've been writing, I've been journaling, di- I've been like observing people. Uh-huh. Like I started logging people and observing people since I was five Holy in my diary. I've been like observing life. Do you have like that um, Mr. Belvedere like bookcase of all your diaries? I don't. I have a bunch. A lot of those notebooks are my journals. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I, I've been, you know, I have a lot of thoughts and feelings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do other people read it? Um, not really, <laughs> but there's some I'll share. I think it's, again, it's like sharing yourself, like risking failure, whatever. You should, you should do a YouTube series where you have actors act out your journal entries. <laughs> like, that'd be really like, take, funny. Take your entries and put it into script form and have people act out those experiences. You just, okay. You heard it here on, first of all, mm-hmm. episode 46, mm-hmm. the birth of an, an idea that may be done. Yeah. This was teased. Like, yeah, this you, know, is, you heard it here. Yeah, first. I think it'd be fun because a real diary entry are f- more. It's more interesting. It's than so a, dramatic. A fake one. I think that it should be in full drama of like my sixteen-year-old self. Yeah, like no, how, you got to do it for real. Like yeah. it's got to be the full. Like how not, not hard what, is life? Not what actually happened. Yeah, but your dramatized idea. Like your your like the way you absorb your life and. That'd be so funny. Yeah, because I feel like that's how, like that's how you experience high school. Is the most mundane things are like life so and death. So life and death. So life and death. Like between first and sixth period, like yeah. it's just <laughs> the world. He looked at me. He looked at me. The world <gasps> revolved around those like I don't know what is it high school eight hours of your life. Yeah. Yeah. We have birthed a great idea because Let's art. Do it. Yes. Okay, well, thank you, Fang. Thanks for having me, Minji. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, so much fun. And um, if you enjoy this podcast, please check me out and become a patron at patreon.com slash firstofallpodcast. And I am part of the Potluck Podcast Collective, which is a collective of Asian-American podcasters. So shout out to everybody. Um, this week especially, like, if you guys are in for another Asian-American film that's, like, two movies that I recommend. One is To All the Boys I Loved Before, which is so me in high school. It is so good. 
Lana Condor. I got to interview her for Collabcast, so check out that podcast if you want to hear my interview with her. She's the cutest, and I love her. Um, and that's on Netflix. And then if you're going to be in theaters, go watch Searching, which is out August 30th. It's starring John Cho. It's so good. It is uh, directed by a South Asian gentleman from the Bay Area. It's so millennial, so high-tech. It's really well done. And um, shout-out to They Call Us Bruce, which is hosted by Jeff Yang and Angry Asian Man Phil Yu. They did a sit-down after a screening of Searching with John Cho, and it's so good. He just speaks so eloquently, and I love him. So yeah, shout-out to the Potluck Podcast Collective. Shout-out to Aquafina. Thank you for letting me use your song, Yellow Ranger, for my intro-outro. Shout-out to Marvin Ewing, my producer, my audio engineer. You the best. And find me on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Radio Public, and anywhere you find podcasts. Stay tuned for more episodes. We're going to have a lot more fun conversations coming your way. And that wraps it up for episode 46. Bye from Minji. Bye. Bye from Fang. See ya.